Welcome to Uneasy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. We'll interweave our case coverage with candid commentary instead of just a recitation of facts, sharing our opinions on the stories that make us most uneasy. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to Uneasy. This is C. I'm Lexi, and this is part two of our one-year Halloween special um, where we are covering Ruby Frankie and the eight passengers and everything that is happening with this um, court case. This episode is going to mainly focus on the rest as we know it, the aftermath of it, and who Ruby Frankie's partner, Jody Hildebrandt, is. So if you want some background information on this story, just be sure to check out part one of this two-part series. I also want to just remind everybody that this is also a opinion episode where we are giving our opinions that we have um you know they are educated opinions based on what we've read online however um this is still an ongoing investigation everyone is innocent until proven guilty and we definitely do not stand in a place to make any short, sort of judgment on the case in that um additionally cecilia and i are not um of the flds um faith so we you know, are giving our opinions based on, um, you know, experiences we've read online or things that we've heard, um, but definitely not trying to have any ill intent, you know, come from ourselves or for our listeners to infer um, of the religion as a whole. So we are going to kick back off on that 911 call, which we will play now uh, from the day of the arrest of both Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt. 911, the address of your emergency. Okay, and the phone number you're calling from. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help, and he's a said he had just came from a neighbor's house, and we know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated, he's got tape around his legs, he's hungry, and he's thirsty. Okay. Is, he, is your door locked? No, I'm sitting outside with him on the, on the front patio. Okay, cool. And he asked us to call the police. What's so he's name? very afraid. What's your last name? He's 12 years old. Yes. Okay. And can you ask him his date of birth? Can you tell me a birthday? Okay, and um, is are the neighbors out of their home, or is anybody looking for them that you can see? Uh, no, we our homes are far enough away. Uh, I'm not sure. How did you get out of the house? Uh, Orange. He went out. He says he just left through the porch at the neighbor's house. Um, her name is Jody Hildebrand. And she lives two doors up the street. Yeah, out here in Cayenne, the houses are far apart. So he walked just under a block to get to our house. He rang my doorbell and asked me to call the police. Does he seem to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol? I don't think so, but he's very thirsty. and. Uh, need an ambulance? I don't think he needs an ambulance. I'll let the cops decide that, but his ankles are taped up, and he won't tell us why. Okay. But he has duct tape around each ankle. Yeah, there's sores around him. I think there's a good chance he's been uh, 
Oh, and he has them around his ankles. I mean, his wrists as well. Okay, this boy has been... <laughs> this kid has obviously been... I think he's been... He's been detained. He's been... He's obviously covered in wounds. Okay. Let's get the paramedics headed over that way, okay? Oh, that's a good idea, too. Let's see. Um, has he told you where his mom or dad are? I haven't asked him that. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. You know where your mommy and... Yeah, I'm sure that that doesn't matter, son. Do you know where your mom and dad are? Well, actually, I don't know where my mom is, but I do know where my dad is. He's not anywhere here. No, no, no. Nowhere. Okay. No, he doesn't seem to. He knows where his mom is, but. Or, um, he doesn't know where his dad is. That's correct. I know where my dad is. Is his mom home? He, he just says he doesn't live around here. Okay. Is his yeah, we're getting, area? And is your mom around here? Have you seen her lately? He doesn't know where she is right now. Does he know his mom's name? What's your mom's name? Ruby Frankie. Ruby Frankie is his mom's name. Okay. How do you spell the last name? F-R-A-N-K-E. F-R-A-N-K-E. Okay. And does she live in the area? No, I'm not sure where she lives. He's uh, he's trying to help us, but he's... That's okay. We don't want to stress him out too much. The officers will go over all these questions with him anyway. I just want to stay on the phone with you until we get some help there, okay? Yeah, yeah. What's your name? My name is... Um, can you ask him if any other children were in the home he came from? Okay. Um, was there any other kids up at Jody's house? Anybody else? No. How old? Uh, yeah, this is the 30th of, uh, or excuse me, the 29th of August. It'll be the 30th of August. 10 and 14, and they're, they're still at this house. Ask, um, are they tied up as well? Um, what's the deal with, are they, um, are, are they being held? Are they... Are they, do they have wounds on them as well? Nothing bad going on with them. Okay. Okay. So they're they're able to walk around the house and everything. And, well, okay. He says everything's fine with them. Grain of salt. Okay. He says he uh, what's happened to him is his fault. That's not a problem. That's sad to hear. They're coming to you as quick as they can, okay? Okay, yeah. I really want to make sure. He's fine. I got him sitting here. My wife, he got him water and something to give him something to eat because he's really, he's hungry and uh, the young man, he's, had, he's here in his stocking feet. Uh, so he he escaped. Well, I'm glad that he was able to make it to you and you could be safe. They should just be pulling up now. Let me know when they're with you, okay? 
Will do. I hear a car, but they're not coming on the driveway. You did good. Enjoy that banana, okay? Mm. Yeah, he, he just did the right thing. Seconds ago, so he might be waiting for his partner. I'm not sure. Is Jody up there right now? Yeah. Okay. Jody Hildebrand is up there right now. Okay. So she may come looking for him here soon, but uh, she's not going to, obviously. I think we need the cops here as soon as possible. I'm just asking where he is now. Yeah, she's a, uh, she's a bad lady. We didn't realize how bad. Sounds like he's making a phone call real quick um, to his sergeant. He is going to head up. Okay. All right. Well, if we have to take him inside the house, we will. We just, we're just sitting outside right now because we have chairs out here and it was convenient. That's okay. Um, if anything, he's sitting out down your driveway and keeping an eye on the house. So if that's where you feel safe, that's where the child feels safe, then let's just stay where you're at. Yeah, I think we're doing this. Yes. Does he have anything with him? But, uh, no, he's wearing a long sleeve shirt and shorts, and uh, it's uh, way too big for him. Um, Can you tell me um, what color the shirt and shorts Okay, the, uh, the ambulance is here. Okay. So, Are they with you? No, they're they're just not getting out of the truck. Okay. Okay. I'll go ahead and I'll let you go. Then you did a great job. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Bye. The 911 call that you just heard was from Ruby Frankie's 12-year-old son, Russell, who had escaped from a home in Washington County, Utah, on August 30th, 2023. And when he arrived, um, you know, he had deep lacerations from being tied up with rope and from just overall malnourishment. He was in really terrible shape. And you can hear on the 911 call that the neighbor gets quite choked up um, when talking with dispatchers about the condition that Russell was in. Um, According. That was literally so sad. it It was awful to hear. And you can tell that he's like. You know, this is a full-grown man that's on the phone. Um, and it's like he you can, like, hear him realizing, like... How terrible. The f- more that he looks at, like, him, you can just... It's like he's, like, piecing it all together and, like, fully realizing that this child has been abused. Yeah. Um, it, it's just awful. Authorities said that they also found Frankie's 10-year-old malnourished daughter, which would be Eve, inside of the same home in which Russell escaped from. Um, And this home was that of Jody Hildebrandt. So let's talk about who Jody Hildebrandt is and how Ruby Frankie's children ended up at her house, potentially chained up and emaciated. Yes, because it was just the two. That were found at Jody's house. It was just Russell and Eve. So it's definitely weird that the kids were split up as well. So I think it's important we talk about like Jody and Ruby's close relationship because Jody plays a huge, huge role in what I think why a big part of why Ruby is the way that she is. Jody Hildebrandt um, was married one time but did get a divorce. And I personally believe. That this played into what I would call, and people surrounding her, 
of her hatred for men. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Jody was a licensed clinical mental health counselor since 2013. She acquired her associate clinical mental health counseling license in May 2023, May 2003, and became a licensed clinical mental health counselor in July 2005. So she had a very successful business, honestly. She was recommended within the LDS church mm-hmm. for families to go to for her counseling services. And the home that she was arrested in was worth millions of dollars. Yeah, she was like, to be endorsed by the church is a huge deal, especially in that faith. So it was it was basically like, I'm trying to, I don't even know like what the equivalent would be. Um, she was like a celebrity therapist. I feel like it's like a political candidate. Yeah, she, being like endorsed by the president. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, she was like a, a celebrity therapist that like everybody wanted to go to because she had been, she, I mean, she was on the grind to like work yeah. through um, this business that she created. Yeah, so her business, um, she had like a couple subsects of it. But her main one and the one that really relates to Ruby is Connections Classroom. And it's a life coaching service based in Utah. Um, She, I'm not going to lie, guys, trying to explain connections to you is going to be so freaking hard. Yeah. I mean, there's there's stuff out about connections and there's people who have spoken out about like their experience but like there's this like sheer curtain still of trying to figure out exactly what it is which makes it hard to explain it I feel like there were like three main principles that she taught and it was the whole thing was to avoid distortion. Um, and distortion was like being addicted to something or dependency or not focusing on yourself, focusing on others, even communicating with people that weren't in the classes that she was teaching. That was distortion or especially weren't in their faith. Um, but you have to practice certain principles to be out of distortion and distance yourselves from other individuals to protect, like, be again, free of distortion. Um, and Judy really, like, really wanted to make this like a worldly philosophy and really tried like putting it everywhere. Um, she wrote 24 work workbooks, produced 22 DVDs on the connections curriculum, had hundreds of free podcasts and she was in at least 23 different countries. I also think this is how, her relationship with Ruby really developed because Jody had said in interviews that it was her goal to teach the whole world about connections. Well, who better to teach about your principles and distortion than someone that has 2.5 million subscribers? Yeah, she totally like saw the opportunity of using Ruby as basically an influencer for connections and reeled her on in um, because then she's adding those 2.5 million people to her already millions and millions of, you know, downloads. It's, it's just broadening her network to be able to share it even more. Yeah. Um, and as I said earlier, Jody teaches about these core connections principles and staying out of distortion. And that causes you to have to distance yourselves from people that are living in distortion 
So Ruby, whenever she met Jody, stopped talking to the rest of her family. Like all of her, she was the oldest of five siblings. What does that not sound like? Sounds like an abusive relationship. It sounds like an abusive relationship. It sounds a little culty. A little it sounds a little culty. I'm not gonna lie. So it's really interesting that you say that it's culty because there was another group in the LDS faith that had a very similar principal teaching as Jody and it resulted in the death of two children oh are you gonna elaborate on this because I am just now Um, hearing about this so yes um Lori Vallow and her husband Chad Daybell were charged with murder conspiracy and the grand theft and killings They were two doomsday cult members, cult moms, and they believed just in essentially, like, literally the same thing that Jody was teaching, just in different verbiage. So were they, they like, ever found to be learning from Jody, or is it just kind of, like, the same? No, they were... Same principles, different cult. Okay. Still within the LDS faith. Um, it was just like it really is a very striking comparison. The only thing that I would say was like majorly different was Lori thought that her children were zombies. What? They thought that essentially instead of living in distortion, you were like a zombie. So living in distortion, just to clarify, is like basically living like the same way as saying like you're living in sin. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. yes. So, but distortion has like a lot of different principles other than living in sin. Like I would even, I would go, it's like, great like it encompasses more than just being sinful it, i mean when i hear distortion so, it sounds like um well like the word distorted you know a distorted sense of reality it just like you're distorted from like your way of life and following the faith is kind of how it like comes across which can be like yeah. deeper than living in sin um, I think it depends yeah. on like how much, like how you interpret living in sin if you are of Christian faith. But yeah, so um, it is very interesting that there is just like two very similar parallels between different groups within the faith, um, and they actually used. These two groups use the same, like, Jody and the other cult, the Doomsday, um, use the same original book as the principle, the structure behind their teachings. That's so crazy. I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, I can see how it teaching, you know, those kind of principles, like, fosters a power trip um from whoever the main person is and like that's one of the the key aspects we've talked about before of like what a cult like what you need basically like like the recipe to have a cult is to have like Mm -hmm. a leader who's like power tripping and I think that that sounds like what Jody was doing is she was like pushing her own narrative and disguising it under therapy and that's that's literally illegal like that's not how it works Yes. Um, the illegality of Jody's not true to principal counseling sessions had caught up to her. She was actually on probation for 18 months because she would take what her patients were saying to her and then take it to the leaders of Wait, the Wait, I heard about this. 
and of BYU. Yes, I without their permission. There was a there was a man that was basically kicked out of the church and of his university because labeled a like child like he assault labeled as someone that assaulted people yeah got put on the sexual assault list because she or the child what was it i think it was both got put on like all the lists because she like told these lies about him yeah and he requested he went to court he requested their notes um and she had no notes of him ever assaulting anyone so that was one case uh, to go even in further detail he and his wife went to her for marriage counseling because they were like new to BYU and new to that area she was recommended so they were just like okay let's go I mean when especially when you get married so young you know like your life changes completely. Like, you do need to go to counseling. It, it's just beneficial. Um, but Jody separated them both and was then fabricating lies to his wife about things that he was – she was saying that he was admitting to on their in their one-on-one sessions that he literally never did. And obviously it led to his wife splitting from him – and then getting with Jody. Wait. His wife was having Wait. a relationship with Jody. Wait, 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 <sighs> wait, wait. I didn't know this. Oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Yes. While she was technically still her counselor. <laughs> and it's just like so funny because if somebody came to her and told her that she would be like you're living in distortion you need to separate from your husband your sex addict like all this stuff yeah oh my gosh wait 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 now I'm like forming so many conspiracies in my head because (laughs) listen listen guys didn't she do this to Ruby and Kevin yes yes guys (laughs) yes so in like like 15 months ago 15 ish months ago probably it was it was a little bit before okay so they ruby and kevin started going to jody for marriage counseling the same as everyone else and they were going to group sessions they were doing one-on-ones um jody said that kevin needed to leave the house And she forced him to go live in an apartment with, like, essentially a connections officer to monitor him. Yeah, because she believed that you had to break a marriage before you could fix it. Um, So she told him that he had to leave. I didn't know that he had a connections officer, like, watching him. But I do know that he wasn't allowed to contact Ruby or any of of the children. Yes, and people within the LDS church said that Kevin moved out just so Jody can move on. Ah, like <laughs> that just like because there's videos. Obviously, like I mean, we look at the eight passengers videos and we see like assault more clearly. But people have also looked at the connections videos, and there's just like really endearing touches. Between, that are shared between Ruby and Jody. Wait, I didn't know any of this before. <laughs> and it's like, okay, are they just like friends? Oh my gosh, or this are goes they so much friends? deeper. This goes so much deeper than I thought. Yeah. Wow. Well, why are you kids? Why are her kids living at your house? Oh my gosh. Yeah, this goes a lot deeper. I- I would love for the kids to say what room Jody and Ruby were sleeping in. Hey. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there's even more to that, and I'll we're gonna get to that in a little bit when we talk about post arrest, but there is more to that l- potential little love affair. Um but this wasn't Jody's only like inappropriate relations as a counselor. There, she's just known for 
splitting up spouses and then like in group sessions she would talk about like if it was a female group session she would talk about the male one of the males and just like say that he admitted to like literally doing drugs if he he could be never done drug in his life like all of these real watching porn every day never did watch porn one day in his life (laughs) Like, all of these crazy lies. And also, it like especially when it's, like, put in a... First off, that's illegal. Um, but when it's put off in a group setting, then you're even more pressured to want to... Need to leave your partner because now it's not just you being told oh this information. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We all know that when you hear about your friend's partner being a trash bag and you know they're fighting for their life in the group chat when they get back together with said trash bag yeah yeah it's like once like your friends know that somebody's treating you poorly or like other women in general know that somebody's treating you poorly they're like girl you're getting back with him you're not gonna leave him yeah Yeah. and these couples were paying like up to 10 grand a year for her counseling services. Counseling services and that were people, actually just, she was breaking them up even more so they would continue to pay. <laughs> like, well, not even just like they would continue to pay, but then they would also be criticized and shamed by everyone else in the group, like for leaving. Like, there, there has been multiple people that came forward and talked, to, like, yeah, like I was supposed to just do my normal, like, like 10 sessions or whatever. That she was recommended by Jody. I told the group I was leaving. They gave me so much shame that I felt more shame leaving than anything else. So I just ended up staying year after year, paying ten grand a year for these sessions. I mean, my goodness, ten grand a year—that's a lot of money. I just—that is so much money. Yeah. Um. And then the one patient of Jody's that really, I think, just, like, I think is the most sad is of Jesse Hildebrandt. They came forward after this all came out, and they were formally, they go by they, them pronouns, so um, Jody was just their aunt. They lived with Jody for about a year, 10 years ago. Their parents sent them to live with Jody. They like they were at a family function, took a nap, woke up, parents were gone. Jody was like, You're coming home with me. Yeah. Like so abruptly was like, here we go. I think that they were having some issues at home. Yes, yes. And yes. so their parents said you're going to go live with Jody because she has this connections business and their parents knew that Jody had this business and they would be able to help so they sent Jesse away yes um but Jesse ended up trying to run away multiple times because i would say this was like the most horrific year of their life. They were isolated for up to 12 hours a day. They were forced to sleep outside in the snow. They were locked in a closet all day. And they were just verbally and emotionally abused the whole time they were in Jody's care. Jody believed that they were really harboring some distortions in their life and were was an awful child um they were like or not even like teens yet but they would have to admit to things that weren't even true just to get jody to even lighten up on them a little bit like having sexual relationships and all of all of these really like bad things for a young child to be a part of when all Jesse had actually done was like yell at someone and like think mean thoughts about other kids in their class, but 
whenever they told Jody that she wasn't happy about them just admitting to that. So the only way to please her was to like fabricate these lies to not get as much verbal and emotional abuse. And that is just truly so awful. And it shows that Jody's manipulative behavior and just straight out abuse has been going on way before she met Ruby Frankie. Yeah. If she's going to abuse her niece, she probably will abuse any child that's close to her. Right. I think that, again, it it speaks to the power trip notion of it. Um, but unfortunately, like, these are things that have stuck with Jesse for years and years to come. Um, C and I both watched the interview that they did um, where they were talking about how even sometimes today they sit down and they just are reminded of these this awful year that they spent at Jody's house. Um, and they even recalled, you know, people in the church knew. They knew that it was happening and nothing was really said. And that's, I think, what makes Jesse's story so interesting in this case because, you know, did people in the church know about Ruby and Ruby's kids? Jesse also does say that Jody is the front runner in this abuse of the children that were pulled from Jody's home, Ruby's kids. So Jesse really does believe and has witnessed Jody playing a really instrumental part in the abuse of others, um, but did contribute to say that Jody got away with so much because she was such a prominent leader with and counselor within the LDS church. After Jody did go on probation in 2018, the LDS did take her off of the roster due to that. Um, but, I mean, you, she's already been on the roster for so many years. She's well known in the community. So that really didn't change much about her. And now that she has Ruby Frankie just a couple years later as part of her group... There is not, like, I don't think that she suffered financially or at all. Um, so, Ruby came into Jody's Connections company as a mental fitness trainer. She was supposed to be one of ten ladies that was supposed to, to be a, like help other people get their train their mind get their mind right to live a life of that's not distortion so i'll go ahead and play here of her kind of describing like our new job essentially there we are hi we are live in uh, mapleton utah at um <clears throat> Uh, a home of somebody who is learning how to be a mental fitness trainer. And we have Ruby here. And <laughs> Ruby is, is a part of the original 10 women that are being trained to become mental fitness trainers. So Ruby, you want to tell us about what a mental fitness trainer is? Yes. So we are getting mentally fit the same way your body would get physically fit by running and lifting weights and working with a personal trainer, we are getting ready to be your mental fitness trainer. We're getting truth, really easy to teach. We're, we're making it very simple, boiling it down to principles. That's how you're going to understand truth is really knowing principles, being able to put words to it and help you and you're gonna feel so much better. Absolutely. So I'm just gonna span over here. We've got... Uh, there we go, Tori and Sherry. How are you feeling about what you're, what you're uh, getting ready to go out and do? Teaching truth to the world. Excited. So excited. Excited. <laughs> yeah. Coming to a town near you. And here's Kim and Jess. Hello. Becky, Liz, Michelle. 
And Johnny. And Johnny. And Johnny. And Johnny. Pam? No, Pam's over here. No. Johnny. Johnny is our um, our our uh, male uh, person who comes in and does the role play for the males, so we can practice. <laughs> so he's uh, he's quite talented to uh, do the role plays with us. So we appreciate Johnny. Johnny's a man of truth as well, and he's also a mental fitness trainer. So, so glad that you're uh, with us. And any of you who are interested in becoming a mental fitness trainer, we are going to open that up uh, to train the people. So give us a call or email us at supportconnectionsclassroom.com and uh, maybe you can come to the next uh, retreat for the... Come work out with us. That's right, come work out. Put you to work. <laughs> Bye. So as you can hear, she's like super excited about it. And there's 10 of the girls. And there's also guys, too, um, and that's one of the guys that's living with Kevin is, like, these connections, coaches, hmm. officers. Okay. And they're uh, they're putting that, out, like, podcast-type style episodes yeah. and videos, right? And then, I mean, what else, what other kind of content were they producing? The, yeah, so they were, I mean, they were also working with people, like, in Utah. Okay. Instead of just Jody working with them. So just like a essentially just a part of the company uh, with Jody as like the top person, okay. the, the boss of it. But specifically, I mean, you can see the other mental fitness trainers in some of the epi- connections episode. But Ruby especially was in these connections YouTube like videos with Jody and they were speaking very frequently just about like life topics and everything else. And then Jody and Ruby have a Facebook group together. And they like that's where people would like send them questions and they would answer it like moms. Um and people were like so excited to be a part of this group and it was like like a cult almost yeah um it was like i mean imagine like your favorite influencer is doing a q a it was like that yeah it was like getting to do a q but like but it was like some even things like my daughter needs to be in birth control for like a medical illness like the doctor recommended it like is this okay and then and then Jody would be like, "No, it's not okay. Like they're a sex, sex addict. They're living in distortion." Yeah. Or, it, are, is my daughter allowed to have tampons? No, they're a sex addict. They're living in distortion. They're going to masturbate with these tampons. Yeah, and I know that Ruby like also opened up about why she stopped posting on Eight Passengers as well on the Connections podcast. I saw something where she was like crying. Saying, you know, like, I decided to pull my kids because from, like, producing that kind of stuff um, because I had to save my kids. Like, basically being, like, my kids were living in distortion. You know, like, she yeah. is, like, so wrapped up in this idea, which I don't think is, I don't think this idea of living in distortion is, um, I don't think that that's an idea of, all Mormons I don't think that that's no, spread no, across no, no, you no. know I don't want to like yeah, make that try to make I don't want you guys to take it that way it was ju- yeah it was just Jody's group. yeah it was just people who like went it was really just Jody's company who are pushing these ideas they were endorsed yeah. by the Mormon church like hey like kind of advertised in a way um but not after 2018 right but not after 2018 um, and Ruby's also in this Facebook group, Ruby's ideas, really like ideology on how to raise her kids, really got more extreme and strict as her relationship with Jody increased. In one of her earlier YouTube videos, um, she was talking to Sherry about and they were at the store buying like buying bathing suits and people were like, Yeah, like people think that I won't let Sherry buy bikinis, but like, it's just Sherry. Like, she doesn't want to wear it. one. Like, I don't... If my kid wants to buy a bikini, like, we will we will buy a bikini for her. 
And then she is doing a clip for like they would like often respond to the Facebook messages and like videos. Um, So she's doing a video clip for the Facebook and she's like essentially just like having a bikini is like distortion. Wait. Yeah, I saw this. She was talking about her hot tub and she was like, if the hot tub is on my property and it's my private property and I own the hot tub um, then I get to d- dictate what people wear inside of my hot tub. And I say yeah. that bikinis are not allowed. So I can either, I will offer you something else to wear. And if you decline, you will have to leave my property. And it was like, so just like blatant, like this is how it is. This is like the way it's going to be. Um, which is like directly different than before when before she knew Jody when she would be like, oh, like if Sherry wants a bikini, then she can have it. Yeah. I think there was another clip, too, where she was like, like. If it's on in my house, like I own everything that is my child. So like. They don't they don't get to decide like what they wear because like they're in my house, so I won't allow them to wear bikinis. So it's just like it really like things like that. They really switched as we move in to this relationship with Jody, um, and now that like, but I don't think anyone realized the true extent of how awful the abuse was until that August thirtieth, twenty twenty three arrest date. We have played the video. We have talked a little bit about what happened. Um, As you hear in the video, the cops then came and got the son and took him to the hospital, took Russell to the hospital. They, the cops found Jody driving around the neighborhood looking for the children because they noticed that Russell was missing um she actually went she saw the police parked out like in the neighborhood in this like community and she went and asked him like if they had seen her seen the child russell and they're like oh yeah we have why don't you like come with us and like we'll like show you like where he was um and arrested her and then what an idiot <laughs> and uh she and Ruby was not in the area at the time, as you hear in the 911 call. So she was called about her kids being taken to the hospital. Um, and she actually goes to her house, meets with Kevin at her house, and then goes to the hospital. Yeah, and she also, like, called a friend of hers to go and pick up her middle two children. Yes. And was like, hey, family emergency, can you go pick them up? And the friend is like, sure. The, I say friend. She also worked at Connections. Um, and she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go pick them up. And that was kind of it. And so, like, the police are, like, knocking down this woman's door being like, we need to see the children. She's actually, you know, placed under arrest as well, given the circumstances. But um, mm-hmm. it was like an entire thing. So originally, rewind a little bit. Originally, Abby and Julie were at like a family friend's house. They had been there for like a, a little while, staying there. Um, and that's why they were separated from Russell and Eve. But Russell and Eve were at the hospital and Ruby and Kevin go to the hospital. Ruby demands to speak with her children immediately, um, potentially to get her story straight. And police were like, OK, yeah, they're just getting like checked on first. Why don't you come talk to us? And then Ruby and Kevin were then arrested and put it for questioning. Kevin was never charged anything. Just Ruby and Jody. Um, they were charged with six counts of felony child abuse. There have been sources that set from the hospital that do say that Russell's cuts were bone deep. And police say that they found 
a really interesting like I wouldn't call I won't even call it like a neosporin like mixture but it was like cayenne pepper paste that Ruby and Jody were applying to their wounds that's literally horrifying and I think like seeing it get to that point and all of us sitting here and like piecing together what we like what people saw for years and years like I was saying in episode one like it's a puzzle piece that we never thought we would like nobody ever thought that that was a possibility I don't think yeah like I I talked in episode one how I saw some clips from July and got in a rabbit hole but I was just like wow like these people are very like extreme in this connections group and like they just have like really extreme views and just like brush it off as that because I mean you can't change people's beliefs like even if you don't agree with them so like I was like oh wow like I don't agree with that but like that's such an interesting like belief for that to then turn into or culminate into what we know today and that had been happening in July so what we know since the arrest is that um what we found out about the arrest from Sherry she actually posted a series of Instagram stories. One said, like, finally, and there's, like, pictures of the police at the home. And then another one said, today has been a big day. Um, me and my family are so glad justice is being served. We were, we were trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this, and we we're so glad they finally decided to step up. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Sherry, the oldest daughter, is who we're talking about. She had actually already warned police about her mom. And there's a 911 call that we can insert here. Um, But you'll hear her on the call basically saying like, the neighbors called me and told me that the kids were being left for days on end. So we can play that now. My four younger siblings are living in Springville. And my neighbors have been telling me that they have been left home alone for about four or five days. So very clearly she had been worried for a long while and she had been out of the home. Um, She goes to BYU and um, everybody is kind of looking to her now as this like leader in justice for her siblings um, as the case progresses. So that 911 call, again, as Lex said, was a year ago. There had been investigation for a year now. Their neighbors tried providing evidence whenever they came to the door of Ruby's home looking for the kids. Like, the neighbors were like, we have proof that Ruby has not been home in days. But the police didn't actually speak to the kids because they're like, well, they won't answer the door. We see them. Okay, whatever. So it is really sad to just kind of like know that this is like what happened at the end of the day. Um, And people are encouraging Sherry to even press charges against CPS and her mother, even her father for, the abuse that she endured as well as the rest of the kids pressing charges as well um for that abuse and but in a lot of people thought that sherry would take full custody over the kids um but kevin interestingly even filed charges burglary charges against sherry for like going to their childhood home And picking up some clothing and stuff for the kids. So that really just puts a bad taste in my mouth once again about Kevin. I have a bone to pick about Kevin. Let me hear it, girl. (laughs) There is no way that you are married to Ruby, you are raising six children, and you're not contributing to this line of abuse. Yes, I think that after she met Jody, it was amplified. 
However, at what point are we also going to blame him for being a bystander as well? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I also heard that what he was most worried about being stolen when I say stolen, what I was being taken from the home when Sherry went to go get clothes for her siblings that she's now a 20 year old taking full custody of like that's just like so crazy to take on he was worried that she took journals tablets from the home what are in those journals that you're so worried about yeah you know like that's sketchy to me and now you want to come back and try to get like he's filing to get if I'm, I think I'm correct, he's filing to get custody of these kids. Mm-hmm. You haven't been anywhere for 15 months because you believe that you're so distorted that you can't talk to your kids. Like, and then you allowed this to happen to them. So why should, if I am a CPS worker or I am the judge that's deciding this, why should I want to put those kids back in your hands when you let it happen for so long? So Kevin's lawyer has spoken in now two interviews about the situation um, and is saying that Kevin is not at fault for any of this and said that Kevin has not spoken to his kids all summer because that is the time that Ruby has custody of the kids. Well, technically, legally, Kevin has custody of the kids at all times because they're not separate they're not legally divorced they never went to court and got a custody agreement so he if he wanted to he would ladies and it just really shows that I don't sadly it's so sad I don't think he cares enough about the kids and he could have very well been manipulating the situation as well um by Jody and by Ruby but Those are your kids. I think he's kind of, um, he's clearly not the alpha. I think he's a weak man. He's clearly not the alpha in this situation. Yeah. I think, you know, Ruby's been wearing the pants their entire relationship, which is fine. You know, that's, that's fine. But what's not fine is standing by and letting your kids be abused. That's not fine. Um, I think that he let Jody just tear their marriage apart he yeah. just stood by as it as it happened, just as he stood by while his kids were falling victim to this, what's labeled as harsh parenting or, you know, uh, tough love. It's not. It's abuse. And we've seen it for years. And he, he stood by while it, while it amplified as well. Mm-hmm. So... In other news, um, Ruby, a bunch of people have come out, obviously, since the arrest, as well as Ruby's three sisters. They made a joint statement saying that for the past three years, we've kept quiet on the subject of our sister Ruby, Frankie, for the sake of our children. So those last three years being the time that she didn't really speak to them because she was in a relationship of whatever sort with Jody. Um they are also a YouTuber, so they made YouTube statements as well. And one of her sisters like started the statement with like I have to pause my normally like programmed videos to address this. Oh, thank so you people so were, like, much for pausing your normally <laughs> scheduled mommy vlog. People were so mad oh my about God. it. Like, are you, that just are sounds you so serious? entitled. Like, what? Yeah. Your nieces um, and nephews have been being abused for years, but, like, God forbid you have to pause your yeah. programming. Like, okay, I, I don't think we, like, fully addressed this in the 911 call, but the kids were not only, like, potentially cut to the bone – but they had been like starved for a while. Like they were showing like d- signs of like actual starvation, yeah. not just they got one meal taken away no, from like them. No, like extremely I malnourished. Don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you guys could like tell from the nine one one call, but yeah, it was bad. Um, so YouTube has deleted the Eight Passengers channel and the Connections channel and banned Ruby from their platform. 
So she's going to have to find another source of income if she is bailed out of jail. This um, girl is not getting bailed out of jail. <laughs> she's not getting back on any platform. On September 19th, Jody voluntarily surrendered her counseling license because of the felony child abuse charges pressed against her. Um, and Sherry on her Instagram actually has a running document of where she's asking people to contribute of episodes where Ruby is showing abuse. So that way I think it can be presented in court later. Like this is an ongoing issue and listeners, if you have like the time to look at it, it's just like really sad how many instances there is of even like, I would even go into say like, but the, the startings of sexual abuse. We didn't touch on that. That's something I actually wanted to touch on that in episode one. Um, I completely agree with that. I think there was a lot of inappropriate conversations surrounding, um, you know, do you want to know what mating is? And like things like that in her videos that she would post, like talking to her, her children or her children's friends that I'm like, that's not okay. And inappropriate touchings of her, specifically male children. Mm-hmm. There was one instance where she's like, trying to look through the people of her male like her son changing yeah um and these are just really concerning characteristic first in general but we get into ruby's court appearances so she appeared in court for the first time and they were asking for kind of testimony on where the four underage children should be placed and Ruby was saying that they need to, like, be that they're a danger to one of the children are a danger to society because they are sexually assaulting people themselves. And that's why she had to, like, lock them up. They were sexually assaulting their neighbors. Um, there's been no evidence of this, I want to say. That's why I will not even say whose name it is. Yeah, or absolutely not any information on it at all not pushing her narrative (laughs) at all no i'm not gonna push her narrative it's ridiculous she's just trying to find an excuse and i really think she is just trying to push her actions onto her kids and make her seem like she's the victim in the situation when there's clear evidence in my opinion because it is still not going case um really getting fired up over that (laughs) that she was the abuser and all of it so again guys if you have the time to go look through self-recorded evidence in my opinion (laughs) self-recorded self-edited (laughs) self-published like girl at 6 a.m on the daily girl it's like the same Uh, (laughs) energy of that guy have you seen the video the viral video going on you can cut this out if you want the viral video going on of the guy that's ramming through the parade and he's just absolutely so mad. No. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll cut this out and I'll send it to you after. <laughs> okay. Um, so in their first court appearance, neither of them entered pleas for their charges and the judge ordered that they both remain in custody without bond until that until they have their second hearing. Their second hearing was pushed back as Ruby's lawyer requested more time. Um, Ruby and Jody's lawyer, like Ruby's lawyer requested that they have her and Jody have the same judge for convenience issues. Um, And that was granted about a week after their arrest. Ruby was briefly moved into a medical observation block at the Purgatory Correction Facility in southern southwestern Utah before returning to her normal holding cell. But Jody does remain in medical observation. There have been reports from people in their prison, like other ladies, saying that... Ruby and Frankie, I mean, Ruby and Jody are like trying to hang out with each other all the time. 
How true is that? I mean, I always find it interesting. Like, is that like I? I think it was like the day the day they got arrested. Like contraband, someone like texted on a phone or something. And so, like, you never know. It's like a demois. You never know what's actually like real. Yeah, but. You know, there have been speculations for a while sometimes now that they are in a relationship. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to so, be like just silly, goofy Delulu about things. And I think this might be one of them. You know, I think. But I also feel like they are trying to see each other to get their story straight. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. But I think it, it's. It's definitely an interesting. Who conspiracy. knows if they were trying to. Sn- yeah. Who knows if they're trying to sneak out their cells to see each other. Um, but. That was a rumor, so we will tell you it because we heard it. Yeah, that's um, how it works here. <laughs> <laughs> but that is really the ongoing. There's stuff kind of coming out almost on the daily about this ongoing, really sad arrest. Mm-hmm. And we will, once everything is said and done, and the verdict is final. We will definitely create an updated episode for you guys. Um, this is really sad, and we encourage you guys to follow along or even go back and check out some of the episodes, some like some online publications of their episodes because you kind of just have to see it. Mm-hmm. And the way that they, like, talk, I think they truly believe what they were talking about, mm-hmm. and that makes it even more interesting. We really enjoyed talking to you guys in this kind of almost conversational format. Let us know if you do like it. You can DM us on TikTok or Instagram. Um, and we can't wait for season two with you guys. And also, if you have a review for us or if you'd like to leave us a review, or even have any episode suggestions, we encourage those as well. We want to just hang out with you guys, and we love doing it, this, and hope you guys love listening to us as much as we love being a part of potentially your drive home for work or a workout, whatever you do as you're listening along. (laughs) 